Thank you for listening to the Cathedral Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. While in prayer on Friday, December the 13th, Holy Spirit dealt with me concerning a miracle moment of fulfillment. I was in the chapel that day praying and Holy Spirit dealt with me about creating this moment of fulfillment. Now this is a word that I've never had, a thought that I've never had in my entire ministry. Holy Spirit often will catch you at a left field, a miracle moment. And so last Sunday we came into this room and we preached faith. We tried to raise up hope bouncing off of the word that had been given just the week before through Charmaine and Curtis, talking about the hand of God and how that people have been in a season of brutality. It's been a tough time for a lot of people. But God promised us that his hand would be upon us. And then that Sunday, or this last Sunday, he dealt with us about this miracle moment of fulfillment we found ourselves in Luke chapter one, looking at the Christmas story. And we read verses 26 through 45, but I just wanted to highlight 45 to you again this morning. It said, blessed is she, speaking of Mary, who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. She believed it, that fulfillment was coming. And so last Sunday, my assignment was to raise your faith and to believe that this is a moment of fulfillment, that all things are possible. And so there were two points I gave you. Number one, I said, God has set his watch. We took it from Galatians 4.4, 4, but when the time had arrived that was set by God the Father, notice that, set by God the Father, I am so thankful that God sets his watch. He sets his watch. And so we release the sound of an alarm. Give me an alarm, guys. Isn't that irritating? Thank you. But how many this week, every time your alarm went off, you thought God has set his watch? God has set his watch. He has set an alarm and he is saying enough is enough of this brutality that's happening with my people. So repeat after me. It's time and enough is enough. At some point, my father steps in and says, cut it out. It's time. And he backs hell straight up, backs them up. God set his watch and he said, it's enough. My second point was God is the master who explodes. Second Samuel chapter five, David went straight to Baal Perazim and smashed them, the Philistines, to pieces. Afterwards, David said, God exploded on my enemies like a gush of water. That's why David named the place Baal Perazim, the master who explodes. And I just dealt with the fact that God's had enough. And I just believe God's getting ready to lose or to blow his top. He's getting ready to put his foot down. God's getting ready to step up and fight my battles. Repeat after me, God's getting ready to blow his top. I like it. God says it's enough. 
and God's getting ready to put his foot down. He's getting ready to fulfill the promises that he's made to you and I. Now, I understand not everyone will receive this, but to those who receive it in faith, I believe it's a season of fulfillment. I believe that. To receive what God has promised us. And so I'd like to build on last Sunday and continue here today, even as we celebrate Christmas, and let us continue with this thought, this thought of fulfillment, a miracle moment of fulfillment. Deuteronomy talks about it shall come to pass. He talks about blessings and curses to Israel. He said, it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. But you have to know that your ability to believe it makes this statement possible in your life. Your ability to believe it makes that statement, it shall come to pass, possible in your life. And Christmas is the season when the Bible says all things are possible. If you have your Bibles this morning, go with me to the Gospel of Luke. Let's pick up chapter two. We're gonna read quickly verses one through 20. Luke chapter two, verse one through 20. And it came to pass in those days, say, it came to pass. We're off to a good start. <laughs> it came to pass that there went out a decree from Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made in Cyrenius, when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph went from Galilee out of Nazareth into Judea, into the city of David, which is Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. What a contradiction. Engaged, but yet she's pregnant. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them, for them, no room for them in the end. There were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring, bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there, were, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing. Let's see this thing. Let's see this thing which came to pass, which the Lord had made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. 
But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that had been that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. I want you to notice verse one, and it came to pass. And then verse 15, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass. Christmas is the season to remind us that God keeps his promise. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for the reading of the word. We ask your blessings to be upon it. Anoint us. Father, I'm asking that now this becomes a miracle moment of fulfillment. Stir up the faith in your people. Let hope arise. It's Christmas and all things are possible. We pray it in Christ's name and everybody said amen. amen. This story starts out in verse one, reminding us that everyone can have one of those days. It said in verse one, and it came to pass in those days. Have you ever had one of those days? Have you ever had one of those days? One of those days. If you have it, you'll have it between now and Christmas on Dowland Road, trust me. It's coming. One of those days. Joseph had one of those days. He's caught between a decree that he has to go to Bethlehem and a delivery of a child in Nazareth. He is engaged to a woman that claims the Holy Spirit impregnated her. Joseph and Mary were separated for three months when she went to see Elizabeth and they're not talking to each other. Their reputation preceded them to Bethlehem and it made no room for them in the inn. And when I say inn and when you read inn, you think of the Holiday Inn, but that's not what it was then. It was people's homes. They called them guest chambers and they would welcome weary travelers into their home and they had no room for them. Perhaps their reputation preceded them. They were engaged and she was already pregnant. No room for them. Mary has to give birth in a barn surrounded by farm animals and they had to travel 100 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem and it wasn't easy, especially with a woman that's pregnant. Can you agree with me that Joseph had one of those days? And yet he kept going. You see, if you have a quitting point, the excuse will find you. If you can quit, if you will quit, if you have that quitting point inside of you, the excuse will find its way to you. And all along the line, Joseph could have quit. At any point, he could have said, I've had enough. He struggled in the very beginning when he was engaged to this young girl and she comes to him and says, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant and it was by the Holy Spirit. Now, come on, that had to be a hard one. It's like, right. He was gonna put her away privately, not believing her, but the angel came to him. It took an angel. It took a visitation from an angelic being to turn that man because he was convinced that she had been unfaithful. At any point along this trail, he could have quit, but he didn't. If you have a quitting point, the excuse will find you. You need to know that true success is not measured by your accomplishments but by the courage you maintain in the face of opposition as you refuse to quit. That is success. You see, in America, we measure success 
by accomplishments, but it's really not the accomplishments that matter. It's the courage that you have in the face of opposition. You just won't give up. That's success. You just won't quit. That is success. And you have to be careful with quitting. You have to refuse to quit because if you're not careful, it can become a habit. If you stop, if you quit, if you give up, be careful, that can become a habit. You've got to find the courage to face opposition and refuse to quit. Refuse to lay down. You've got to get up and try again. You've got to remember that failure is not fatal. You've got to get up and keep on fighting. You've got to keep on pushing. You've got to keep on trying. You've got to press through. I don't care how far it takes you. You can't give up. Verse 1. It says that he had one of those days, but Joseph wouldn't quit. And aren't you thankful that he didn't quit? Aren't you thankful that he didn't stop? Aren't you thankful he didn't put her away privately, that he made it to, Naz to Nazareth or from Nazareth to Bethlehem? Aren't you thankful that when he got to Bethlehem and they said, oh, no, no, we've heard of you and we have no room for y'all. Aren't you thankful that he didn't quit, that he went into a manger surrounded by animals and manure and flies and stench and hay and corruption and filth, but he stood his ground. Joseph had one of those days. Aren't you thankful? that Joseph didn't quit. But it said, and it came to pass. In the midst of one of those days, that's what blows my mind away. In the midst of this, we have sanitized the Christmas story. Yeah, we sanitized it. The cute little manger, little baby Jesus, and the little, the little animals. But we leave out all the manure, and the flies, and the stench, and the filth, and the dust, and the dirt. We leave out the rumor that preceded them that made no room for them in their home. Oh, we heard of you. We leave out all the, the humanity of that story. We leave it all out. But this is a real story with real people. That's why I've mentioned to you many times, the Bible says, and there was a virgin and her name was Mary. Just to make it really clear to everybody who would follow that this wasn't an angel. This was a real girl, a real person. She had a name because God takes ordinary people to do extraordinary things through. We take the humanity out of it. We take the realness out of it. The raw realness of this moment. Can you imagine what Joseph felt like? He's got a girl that claims she's been impregnated by the Holy Spirit. I'm sure he thought, well, that's a new one for me. And so now he travels 100 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and it's a tough travel. She's pregnant. He gets to Bethlehem. They have no room for them. Nobody wants to take them in. The only thing they'll offer them is a barn where they keep the goats and the cattle and the sheep and the nastiness, and they put them in there. Don't tell me Joseph is standing there thinking, when the angel said, this thing is of God, this is really not what I thought it would be. It's one of those days. And yet in the midst of that, it says it came to pass. Don't understand. The first thing I want to tell you this morning that God's promise shall come to pass. Regardless of the day, 
regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the manure, regardless of the stench, regardless of the flies, regardless of the filth, regardless of the reputation, the rumors, the gossip, the talking, regardless, it will come to pass. I don't care how many men slam doors in your faces. I don't care how many times men reject you. I don't care how many times people try to define you by where you've been instead of where you're going. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. I'm telling you, God's promise will come to pass. You see, God has predetermined his plan. Are you determined in your decision? You should write that down. You should write that down. God has predetermined his plan. See, predestination is like this. God lays the tracks of his kingdom, of his plan, of his program, of his church. How many believes that God's train is gonna reach the depot? It's gonna get there. God's church, corporately, God's plan is predestined. It's gonna get there. The question is, are you gonna get on off the train? You got a choice. Individually, you got a choice. So we have to ask the question, if God has predetermined his plan, have I determined my situation or my, my decision? Am I determined in my decision? Have you made up your mind? Have you, have you made up your mind? Regardless of what may come your way, you're determined you're gonna go all the way. Is there a quitting point inside of you? Because if there's a quit in you, the excuse will find you. It'll find you, I promise you. Just, just wait for it, it's coming. I'm asking you this morning, God's made up his mind, have you made up yours? Have you come to the place where you can, you can say like Job, though heaven. Now, now, see, you've got it, you've got it. Let's put that in, in terms, verbiage that you and I understand. Though heaven may disappoint me, I will not disappoint heaven. Though heaven slay me, yet will I trust him. Regardless, he is saying heaven or earth, heaven or, heaven or earth, no matter, I've made up my mind. I'm not going anywhere. If God himself changes his mind, Job stood up and said, I ain't changed mine. You ain't getting rid of me. You gotta come to the place where you say, you're not getting rid of me. No matter what comes, no matter what goes, you're not getting rid of me. I've made up my mind. Have you determined your decision? God's plan is predestined, but you have a choice. As I said earlier, your ability to believe that statement, it shall come to pass. Your ability to believe that statement determines its ability to come to pass in your life. Your ability to believe that. Do you really believe? Are you settled in your mind that God's promises will come to pass? Are you settled in your mind that God's word is true? Is Jesus real? Is the Holy Spirit real? Is there no, no other name under heaven given among men whereby they must be saved. Is Jesus the only way? Is the word of God true? Have you made up your mind? Are you ready to die for what you believe in? Have you made up your mind? Never allow the circumstances of one of those days to counsel your conviction. 
No matter what Mary may say, no matter how hard the trip may be, no matter the rejection you, you face in Bethlehem, no matter how horrible your circumstances are, no matter how dark the night, how lonely the moment, you've got to make up your mind that you're never going to allow one of those days to cancel out your conviction. I believe it shall come to pass. I believe everything about this book. So here's the thing, guys. Never become comfortable with living outside of God's promise. Never get comfortable with that. Never get comfortable with that. You may say, I'm short on cash, but you're not broke. You, you gotta make up your mind that God's promise is, is real. His name is Jehovah Jireh, and he will provide for me. You gotta make, your, make up your mind. Listen, you gotta come to a place where you shift your mind and you realize that I may be temporar temporarily out of cash, but I'm not broke. My father's got everything I need. Yeah, you gotta get that in your head. You gotta settle that now. You gotta make up your mind that you are fearfully and wonderfully made regardless of what people may say about you. You gotta you got realize that he chose you before the foundation of the world, as Paul said, regardless of how many men may reject you. Men do not have the last say when it comes to who you are and what God wants to do in you and through you. Let's say it a different way. Rejection by man is not final. It's not final. You gotta make up your mind right now. You gotta decide right now, right now, today, You've got to make up your mind. I hold my convictions. I will not let them go. And I refuse to get to the place where I'm comfortable outside of God's promise. Listen, you may be temporar temporarily out of cash, but don't get comfortable with that. You may be temporarily sick, but don't get comfortable with that. By his stripes, you are healed. Oh, so I'm going to find you. I'm going to find you this morning. Listen to me. You've got to come to the place where you're not comfortable living outside of the promises that he has made you. I refuse to accept anything but God's best. It came to pass in the midst of my mess. That's what Joseph said. It came to pass in the midst of my mess. Never become comfortable living outside of God's promise his promise will come to pass. It will. It will. Settled. Done. Deuteronomy said, it shall come to pass. And Luke chapter 2, it said, and it came. And it came. God keeps his promise. And it came. God will keep his promise to you. The second thing I want you to know this morning is that everything has come to pass. Everything has come to pass. First John, now let me say this before I, I get too deep in this one point. I almost took this point out, but I got up this morning between three and four o'clock and I got up to pray. And while I was praying, this thing began to, began to happen, this point. This is really a, a different message altogether that perhaps we'll deal with at a later time. But while in prayer, this began to, to churn in me. And so I believe this next point is a word for someone in this room or watching on the web because we're talking about 
things coming to pass. I want you to know that everything comes to pass. First John chapter two, this world and its desires are in the process of passing away, but those who love, but those who love to do the will of God live forever. Everything is in the process of passing away. So the point is you need to learn how to hold things. You gotta be careful holding too tightly to the past, to possessions, to people, to a bad ideal, even your youth, your age. Things are going to pass. Things are going to change. You're gonna get older. People are gonna come and go. Possessions will decay. Money will come and go. You've gotta learn how to hold things correctly. We get in trouble when we start holding things too tightly. When we start gripping things or people, ideals, when we get hard-headed and we hold on to bad ideals, when we hold on to bad people, when we cling to things, when our sense of security is wrapped up in the things that we hold on to, you've gotta learn how to hold things correctly. Everything and everyone is in the process of 1 John 2, 17, the process of passing away. Do you understand that? Now, so I want you to understand this. Things, things come so things can pass. It came to pass. Jobs will come and jobs will go. People will come and people will go. Things come to pass away. Everything is in the process of passing away. And your ability to cope with this process of transition determines your state of well-being. If you can deal with things passing, if you can learn how to let go of possessions, to let go of the past, to even let go of people, because we're all in the process of passing away. You see, if you're not careful, grieving over a loss can cripple you emotionally. When you lose a job, you lose a girlfriend or a boyfriend, or you lose an opportunity, you lose things. Whenever you grieve for something too long, it becomes unhealthy and it will cripple you. Your state of well-being is determined by your ability to handle transition and process, the process of passing. So everything and everyone is coming or passing. Enjoy the moment, but don't hold on to it too tightly. So two points, it came to pass. God's promises are gonna come to pass and things are gonna pass away and you've gotta learn how to deal with it. Hold on to his promises, but don't hold too tightly to things. Let it go. Somebody say it, let it go. Are you okay? It came to pass. And it came to pass in one of those days. For me, that's a contradiction. When the promises of God come, I'm expecting it to come right in the middle of a great day. But most of the time it comes in the middle of one of those messes. Yeah. The second thing I want you to see in our story, and it's my last point and I'm done, is you gotta, you gotta find the promise of God in your mess. 
You gotta find it. Verse 15 says, and this is new for me. I've been preaching since I was 15. Okay, I'm 58. I never saw this before. Verse 15. Let us now, the shepherd said, go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. This thing. This thing. We gotta go find this thing. Did you know that the word thing there and the Greek is the word rhema? That which is or has been uttered by the living voice. So let's read it out of the Passion Bible. Let's go. Let's hurry and find this word that is born in Bethlehem and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. <laughs> if it wasn't Christmas, I'd preach. Mm. The shepherd said, let's go find this word. The word. The third point that I have for you this morning, his promise is often found in your problem. I've told this story here before years ago, but there was a psychiatrist who wanted to study two boys, two brothers. One was an optimist, one was a pessimist. And so he took the, the two boys and held them out in a hallway and he put before them two rooms. In one room, he filled it full of toys. In the other room, he filled it full of horse manure. Now the pessimist, he took into the room with all the toys and the boy began to cry and the psychiatrist said, what's wrong, son? He says, all these toys, he was overwhelmed by it and he said, I'm afraid I'm gonna break them. The other boy who was the optimist, he took into the room with the horse manure and the boy went in and immediately he ran to the top of the pile and began to dig. And the psychiatrist said, what's going on with you, son? And he said, well, surely with all this manure, there's a pony in here somewheres. There's a pony in that mess somewhere. <laughs> Genesis chapter 15, verse 20 reads, don't you see it? Joseph talking to his brothers, he said, don't you see it? You planned evil against me, but God used those same plans for my good. As you see, as you see all around you right now. Then he said, it's life for many people. You see, God uses man's evil plans to bring about his good in your life. Now remember, we're talking about, and it came to pass. God's promises will come to pass. We're talking about, and it came to pass away. Things, people, situations, they will come and they will pass. Learn how to deal with transition in life. And so you have to understand that men may have evil plans. Bethlehem, knock on the door. Joseph, Mary, reputation, rumors, talk, gossip. Oh, we don't have room for you. You'll not defile my house with that girl that's pregnant. So you have to understand that though men may reject you, though men may shut you out, God will use their plans to bring about good in your life. So losing Mr. Wrong leads to finding Mr. Right. Losing an old job leads to starting a new business. And every problem, there is a promise to be found. You may be facing a pile of manure right now, but if you'll just dig down in there, there's gotta be a pony. 
You just got to find it. You just got to find it. You have to know that in this Christmas story, I saw something this year I just overlooked. And, and, and it's this, that, that your sign, which is the manger and the miracle and the mess, your sign can become someone's story. Verses 17 and 18 reads, upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what had just happened. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. You see, Joseph's problem that pushed him into God's promise was, the was for the purpose of saving many people. Think about that. Joseph's problem. Mary comes up and says, um, I'm pregnant. Joseph, who wants to put her away privately. Joseph, who encounters an angel. Joseph, who is caught between a delivery and a decree, has to load her up on a, on a coat, the fold of a donkey, and haul that girl a hundred miles. Can you imagine hauling a... That didn't sound right. That didn't sound right. Can you imagine Joseph assisting his pregnant wife a hundred miles, 2,000 years ago, only to get there and find out that their reputation preceded them. Can you imagine? Can you imagine this moment? How difficult this was. And yet, this problem is pushing him into God's promise for the purpose of saving many people. You see, when you give purpose to suffering, it becomes tolerable. You see, oftentimes we suffer that others may live. That's why we talk about the scars of our life are the credentials of the overcomer. Jesus saying it to Doubting Thomas, look at my scars, they prove that I am who I say I am. Scars are the credentials of the overcomers. We suffer so others can live. You go through storms so you can lead others out. You have to go to hell and then back so you can tell people how you got back. When you give suffering, when you give purpose and meaning to suffering, it does become tolerable. So often, I'm old enough now, that so often when I go through a storm, in the midst of the storm, that can become brutal. I keep reminding myself, I'm going through this so I can lead someone else out. A pioneering spirit that goes ahead of the others. You have to know that. You have to know that. The scars, every time I've been cut, I remind myself that's a scar that I'll use to help someone else. And Joseph is in a problem, but that problem is pushing him into a promise for the purpose of saving many people. It becomes tolerable. So you need to know this, your manger mess will become their miracle story. Your manger mess will become their miracle story. The shepherd said, let's go find this word. Let's go find this promise 
that the angel spoke of. And they go and they find it, not in the Hilton, not, not in the Weston. They find it in a manger surrounded by farming animals with all the manure and the flies and the stench and the dust and the dirt. And he's lying in a trough, not in a crib, in a trough where you feed animals. And they go into this mess, but they find a miracle. And that miracle becomes the story that they tell. And I'm telling you here this morning, if you're in a manger mess, I'm telling you, just hold on. Just hold on. Because God's promise will come to pass. And the problem that you're in will come to pass. Your problem will come and it will pass. But out of that problem will remain a miracle story. Oh, I feel the anointing. Listen to me this morning. Listen to me. I'm telling you this morning, God's promise will outlive. God's promise will outlive your problem. God's promise will outlive. I'm telling you, the book of Isaiah, doesn't it talk about a mama? A mama will forget the pain of childbirth once she holds that baby. No, 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 Jesus said that. A mama, when she holds that baby, when she holds that child, she'll forget the birth, the pain of childbirth. It wipes it away. It wipes the memory of the pain away when she holds that child. And I'm telling you guys, when you hold your promise, when you hold your promise, when God comes through, I'm telling you, his promise will outlive your pain. I'm telling you, your manger mess will become their miracle story. People will say, if God can do it for him, he can do it for me. Yeah. Stephen, come help me. You have to see this in this Christmas story. It starts out this wonderful, beautiful story. It starts out by simply saying five words. It came to pass in those days. <laughs> I've had one of those days when it was brutal. But in my manger mess, I found a miracle. And that miracle became a story that others could tell. It came to pass in those days. There are people in here this morning, like the little boy, you've got a room full of mess. I'm telling you though, if you'll just dig a little deeper, there's a pony in there. It's a mess. There are times when it really stinks. And it ain't nothing fair about it. But there's a pony in there. Joseph. What a day. to be a tough day. He's trying to wrap his mind around an impossible situation. He's traveled a hundred miles only to be rejected and relegated to the stench of a barn. His wife is laying in the hay going through the travail, the pain of childbirth. 
probably doesn't even have a midwife. The stench, the flies, the dust, the dirt. And he's thinking, is this the miracle you, you told me about? And yet in that moment, God kept his promise. And that promise was for the saving of many. So 2,000 years later, I say to Joseph, thank you. Thank you. Because I know it had to be tough. He wanted to provide for his wife. Every man does. No man wants to see his wife give birth in a barn. I can just see him standing there, tears running down his face going, I don't understand. You sent an angel to me and said, trust me, I've traveled a hundred miles only to be rejected and now I'm in a barn and I hear Mary crying in the night. This isn't what I thought it was gonna be. But he stood his ground and his manger mess became my miracle story. And I say thank you. So to you this morning in this room and on the web, if you find yourself in that manger, I'm telling you there's a promise and it shall come to pass. And as Mary, when you hold the word, when you hold your promise, it will wipe away the memory of your pain. You'll forget because God's promise will outlive your pain. Yeah. Christmas is the season to remind us that God keeps his promise. Thank you for listening to the Cathedral Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit icathedral.org.